This is the multi-sport podcast for triathletes, duathletes, sportive riders, road racers, time trialists, runners, mountain bikers, and fitness enthusiasts. Supported by No Pin, suppliers of number attachment systems for cycling, running, triathlon, and duathlon, and skin suits, velotoes, overshoes, club clothing. Visit nopins.com. And southfortracing.co.uk for all your biking needs. So whatever your distance and whatever your event, this podcast aims to make you smarter and faster. Welcome to the 140th JBST.com Smartcast, now in its 10th year of broadcasting. I'm Coach Joe Beer, and today I'm not joined by Martin Crocker. He's only, said, he's only said two sentences, and that's enough for this evening. I'm joined by Crystal Spearman, who is a time trialist, is a very good time trialist, and is nerve-wrackingly nervous at talking to this microphone. But I wanted to bring in, firstly, I don't think there's enough... Um, podcasts that often tap into female athletes. Secondly, you're on the podium for the 12 hour, so you know stuff that other people would like to hear, like to learn. Um, also, it's timely because the women's hour record has just been beaten, and there's quite a lot of that bouncing around the, the Twitter sphere and Facebook sphere and all the other spheres. So, good evening. Evening. So, tell us 12 hours on the bike, time trial, how far? 243.81 miles. Approximately. <laughs> so, approximately, yeah. Uh, which, you know, if you do very quick calculations in your head, good or bad maths, that's over 20 miles an hour. Um, how did you, way back, perhaps even before um, you were getting into the season, how did you sort of prepare for something like that? Did you think about it all through winter? Did you go through the summer and then think, I'll oh, do that? How did you prepare for like the 12 hour? Um, I didn't, well, to be honest, I didn't really prepare. It was something I wanted to do, and some people told me not to do it, that it could end my season, but I went ahead and did it anyway, and I was quite shocked by my result, really. The the aim was just to finish, really. That was my aim for the first one, and see how far I could go. Okay. How did you, therefore, pace yourself? 12 hours is a long time to pace yourself if you're having to do stuff before work, going to work for eight or 10 hours, and then ultimately at the end of it, um, getting a few hours afterwards. That's a 12 hour day that most people can't predict what they're gonna do. You got on the bike, how did you predict or try and gauge your effort over that 12 hours? Um, I got a lot of advice from guys that had previously done them before, Sean Charles for one example, um, and some guys that had just done their first one this year, but not at the national event, and how they well, looked at doing it. Yeah. Um, so took the advice from then and really just went on feel. I, I had power meter, but I didn't really work with it. I just wanted to maintain a steady pace, and I knew roughly what kind of speed I think I could maintain right. for that time. Okay. And that's I just went for it. So were you glancing down and keeping twenty miles an hour in mind, or were you just seeing what happened based on? Yeah. Feel? Um. Most of them said, I mean, don't focus on a complete number because it will drive you insane because obviously going up and down, it's going to fluctuate. Yeah. Um, but then in the actual race itself, it, we had a heavy downpour of rain for two hours and everything went out the window really when that hit. <laughs> so it was just survival instinct yeah. kicked yeah. in. How many hours in was that? 
Oh, that was just, we just got over 100 miles when I was in the race then, so about four-ish hours in, and then we had two hours of hail, rain, really bad weather, but right. quite a few people stopped then and didn't finish, right. but I just right. put a rain jacket on. <laughs> okay, and it was very close at the front of the race, came yeah. down to literally a recount. Yeah. Um, were you aware that you were in third you you know if somebody cracked ahead of you that you could have snuck a further place were you aware of that or were you just riding no i just literally rode i had no idea what anyone else was doing i did had no timekeeper or anything just um my husband passing me my drinks and things when i needed it um but no i had no idea where i was because i purely just wanted to finish the race yeah but I was informed back at the HQ how close it was between the girls, but I still right. didn't even look at the results. I didn't even realise I was in third. Right, okay. Um, you go through, obviously through that 12. I've I've helped somebody through a 24, which has weirdness in it because you've obviously got the sleep deprivation thing through the night. Yeah. But with a 12-hour, most of that time is within when you would be awake, when you'd be normally eating and working and so forth. Did you have a plan with your... Um, eating strategy or when you got off the bike or when you were going to do things did you have a plan that that had various types of food and types of things that you were going to change or whatever or did you literally just bundle stuff in the car and say I'll just ride and see how I go um, well, I use Jersey Pockets, which yeah. are energy bars, yeah. which is organic, natural um, yeah. things anyway. Um, but he's made a new super race bar, which I used for the first time in the National 100. Right. And they worked really well okay. in that for me. Okay. So and what's I'm, the difference about those then, particularly? Um, well, they just they got the release of carbohydrates and everything that your body needs. Yeah. But it, it's I don't work very well with gels. I okay. end up being sick. So it, I had to really think about what I was going to eat because I knew for 12 hours I was going to have to yeah. have something. Yeah. I couldn't go with nothing. And um, the advice from Vicky Gill, I got salt tablets. Yeah. So I was having them with fluid. So that was helping a lot. But um, yeah, so I had, I cut them up into bite sizes to make yeah. it easier to take on on the bike. Had the little pouch on my bag. Yeah, um, so you had, the, you had the, the what triathletes are known as a bento box or top tube box. Yeah, just yeah. sat behind your stem. Yeah, and yeah. that's where I had, had them all cut up in there. Mm. And I had um, some little jelly sweets. Being a vegetarian, I had gelatine free. Yeah. Um, but just in case, you know, you want to change tastes. Um, yeah, and I just basically t- thought, well, from doing four hours in the 100, I knew what I wanted to eat at yeah. that time. So I knew I could cope mm. to 100 miles with what I had on my bike, yeah. and that's when I'd need to refuel. Okay. So I carried that with me, and I didn't eat as much as I did actually in the 100 up to the 100 miles. Right. And then when it came to rain... Um, good advice from Sean Charles I had some ambrosia rice pudding (laughs) it was really nice do you know do you know roughly how much you took in over that 12 hours in terms of bars and rice pudding and stuff do you have an idea no I don't really no no so when you cut them up how many bars did you put into your top tube box I put four but I know I didn't eat that many right in total but they so so that was over the first hundred or was there still some there was still some bits left in because as soon as it rained yeah. You, your bag turned to mush, really. Yeah. But yeah. And literally, then it's just like a like a horse's kind of bag, isn't it? Oh, it's all it's mushed around. You, when you go to put your hand in, oh, yeah. it's just the yeah. thought of having it, you just thought, no. <laughs> so then your husband's handing you up stuff. Yeah, bananas. Um, bananas, the rice pudding. Did, how yeah. did you do the rice pudding? In a cup? 
Um, yeah, it was in the. They've got little um, pots now, like child yep. pots. I know that. I yeah. know that well. Yeah. And they were perfect. You could scoop your things in, but I actually stopped because it was when I picked up the rain jacket because I was okay. so cold, my hands were frozen. Yeah. I actually had that and some coke, and then right. off I went again. Okay. But I think for next year, I'm definitely gonna do hand ups. Properly. Hand ups. Yeah, yeah. Because hand ups with depends on whether somebody's au fait with uh, musettes or just single hand ups. With maybe, a, you know, several people in case they miss one and get the next one. It's amazing how that makes a difference. If you don't have to stop for clothing, yeah. you stop and somebody carries on riding at yeah. 20 miles an hour. And you take something and you put it in your back pocket or people that have got visits to nature at the side of the road. And they look down the road where that person is now and they've yeah. disappeared. And you yeah. think every time you do that, how much that adds on yeah. to your 243 miles. Yeah. Yeah, and literally every second counts. Exactly. exactly. Well, that was definitely what happened between the two women. I yeah. mean, they were doing hand-ups, and that shows how close it was. Yeah, point, was it point one three, point one nine miles? I mean, oh, it's very close. Yeah, it's ridiculous how yeah, close Yeah, over 12 hours to, to be that close. Yeah. Um, so you get to a point in long races like that where it is a mental thing, but there's certain, there's certain things, it might have been the rice pudding or it might be something else that... Was it always pre-planned that you do something at certain times? Say, oh, eight hours, I really want to have, you know, X because I really want to have a mood lift or something. Was there anything that you were kind of guaranteed, not guaranteeing, you, you wanted to fall back on as a bit of a lift? Um, yeah, I had Coca-Cola, I was told, right. to take Coke with me um, and have it flat. Yeah. So get it undone, but... Yeah. Unfortunately, he didn't do that. But actually, <laughs> it didn't. It didn't make me sick, which I was surprised about. And right. it, you can see by my heart rate. Once I'd had that and got going again, yeah, boom, I was up. Were you burping a lot, by the way? No, I didn't. Wow. I was really surprised. That takes some doing. No, <laughs> <laughs> drinking coke on the bike, doing twenty miles an hour, not burping. That's funny. No, blimey. I felt. I felt really good. I was really surprised because I don't normally have coke or anything right. like that. So and yeah, that's and that shot. you know there comes a point where although steady release works, you've also got to get a certain amount of carbs coming in and to chew it or to contemplate you know uh, the the complexity of what it takes to eat some of those calories actually sugar in a in a simplified form is quite nice and yeah. it's um, I think it's I think it's the mood thing with coke as well because people often associate coke with with good times whether they've had it in drinks when they've been out with yeah. friends and things like that and I think there's a psychological component that you drink it and that flavor is kind of a you know you don't you don't drink um coca-cola um awake or no or, or or when you're I don't know when you're kind of like it's one of those uplifting things so there must be a psychological thing that the flavor gives you that little lift as well as the sugar as yeah. well as the small amount um often of a tiny amount of caffeine um 12 hours did you use any caffeine only that would be in um, the jersey pockets, which is in okay. there. I can't actually tell you. Right, but they've the got caffeine are. in them, I think. Yeah, yeah. The, there's, um, he's got a selection of different bars, but it's mostly the, it's the, what he's is got Is it in. Guarana? Or is it, uh, I'm trying to think, what else could it be? It could be, I suppose it could be cocoa or something. There might be a small amount in yeah. the, the flavour. But I know, yeah, that, and it's... Um, Slow release, or is yeah, it? yeah, there is because yeah, okay. he has he has it's all nuts and dates and things yeah, like that yeah. all grinded in together. So you've got the things that hit you straight away with the sugar, mm. and then you've got the slow release. Right, but that that's m majority of the time okay. what I have. But okay, and so there wasn't you didn't um, you didn't look to have. Uh, 
I don't know, one of the many energy drinks with high caffeine or anything like that? No, the, yeah. um, the only ones I, I had, I used a mixture. Mostly I drank water yeah. because it's just the taste after a while yeah. gets a bit intense. And then um, I had a small bottle that I filled up only twice, which had high fives but zero yeah. in it. Because like I say, I, I get an upset stomach. So I was very wary. I didn't mm. want it. Not well, as you know, I was... Ribena queen. <laughs> the queen of Ribena. But also, if you know that you're getting in solids and that those solids work and that you're going to follow it up with things like, you know, your, um, your jelly babies and your rice pudding, then you are taking into account you're taking in calories in a carb form, yeah. but there's more of a food basis to it. And I do think that at times people do go too much towards gels and drinks and not thinking do you know what our body wasn't really designed on gels and drinks at certain intensities and for certain reasons they make sense but lots of times the moment you eat real food you start getting a lift because mm. your brain in the chewing function and in but the it, digestion it, it kind of feels real during the race yeah because it, it gave you something to do really yeah, because yeah. you know sat there for all that time on because it was like a circuit of the same bits of road yeah it's a bit monotonous after a while. So at least you have something to chew and you can even put it in the side of your cheek like a hamster and it can absorb through your cheek. I got Yeah, I'll have to look on the pictures that are online whether you've got hamster cheeks going on. Because I did, I did look at the, <laughs> the pictures that, uh, was it Kim Roy has put up from the... Uh, I know that was circuit champs. That wasn't the um, that wasn't the twelve hour. I Most seen of the, the time, hour. I look like a hamster. Do you? right with my okay. little cheeks. I don't think I've seen the, the pictures, <laughs> but you know, the, these days you get a lot of pictures of of people racing, and you do yeah. see how they stored their nutrition and and so forth. So, two forty three, first time out, a podium. We spoke just before we started recording this. Um, an invite to the uh, champions meal. Yeah, hopefully they'll see me there. Obviously, when it when it comes out, you've got to um, put in to go to it. But yeah, yeah. I had a, a really nice letter through right. with some winnings. Um, finally come through. That's good. And um, yeah, said they're looking forward to seeing me there, which good. I'm excited about. Good. So, getting near the end of the season, Yeah. Uh, the one remaining uh, RTTC Championship is the Circuit Champs at Thruxton. Yeah. Still up for that? Yeah. Right. Um, and the hill climb, hopefully. And the hill climb as well. So you've really spread across, you know, from hill climb through the classic series, through 10, 25, 50, 100, 12 hour. Yeah. I mean, 24 hour? Maybe in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> never say never. Never say never. One day I'll cross it off the list. Right. <laughs> Um, never to do again. <laughs> that was Martin in the background, by the way, just trying to get his voice once again in the podcast. Um, he's just doing some mechanics, and oh, if you've brought that red rally, oh, I'd be really, I'd be really suspect of that. Good job is mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, it's his. Um, so, PBs this year across any distances? Obviously, the twelve hour, but any other distances that you've yep. PB'd? Yeah, um, I've PB'd in twenty five fifty. And 10. Yeah. Um, yeah, 21.59 for 10. Yeah. Uh, 44, no. <laughs> 44? <laughs> 44? That's a comp record, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 54. Fif yeah. 54.04? No. No, 55.04. No, 55 See, so, yeah. I know some of the stats. 55.04, yeah. which puts you in the top 25 all-time Yeah, I, I didn't even realise that. There you go, see? Bit of background research. Yeah. I've not checked on the 10 yet what the 21 gives you. But, um, oh, yeah, lovely. so... For, um, for for somebody, you know, relatively new into biking, in terms of yeah. the whole time trying thing, you're actually finding a nice little niche of, of fast times, podiums, 
um, improving your times because some people do hit the buffer and they're, they're getting there but they're not quite improving in their speed yeah. what would you say are the five things you would say to people that maybe are thinking about time trialing or or maybe just already do time trialing how do you set about trying to see where you can get to next? I mean, do you, do you always go in different ways? Do you keep to things? Do you, um, do, you, do you obsess about your kit or do you just ride your bike? How do you do it? Well, <clears throat> Five tips. I like to just ride my bike mostly. Right, tip number one. So ride your bike. <laughs> ride your bike. <laughs> yeah. Don't do too many races. I think I do far too many races. Right. But that's me. Yeah. But um, it is, don't... Do not overload it because I do feel this year sometimes I've gone into races where I'm too tired because I've raced the day before. I think that might be Team No Pins <laughs> off-season chat, that one. <laughs> yeah. But, so um, be specific or be or do enough that's enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't think that you need to do everything. I mean, because this year I didn't really know where I was going to be nationally yeah so i wanted to do really well in the southwest yeah so therefore i'd entered all the races i need to in the southwest and their championships and the nationals yeah. and sometimes they were back to back and a lot of traveling and then when you're working full time yeah you and you won the devon cup yeah and that's different to the southwest champs yeah so yeah. you've got individual races yeah. and then they got they do devon cup and then they do devon versus cornwall yeah so um yeah. Okay. So, so, so number two would therefore be sort of pick the amount that you want to do and do it, but yeah. be aware. I think particularly with time trial, it's not like it with other sports because it's too you can. Intense. It's too intense. Like somebody who was a cyclist said, "Wow, I went running with somebody, blind, and my legs were wrecked." And the weird thing, my reg legs were wrecked, but I could still ride my bike quite well. And I think that always limits what people can do when there's running in it, be it triathlon, duathlon, whereas with time trialing, you can race multiple times per week and if your head's still there and you're recovering you can actually do it mm. and therefore there's I mean, a slippery slope sometimes that you could race on the saturday and i race better on the sunday yeah, yeah. but it also almost depends what race you had mm. i think you can go better with a 10 into a 25, 25 yeah. but the other way round, mm. it's very hard to do because yeah. 10 so intense yeah it depends what races you got and obviously if it's anything longer you're really going to struggle. Yeah. So sometimes double up. And actually, I was speaking to a client today, PB'd for a course on the Saturday and then PB'd for 25 miles on the Sunday. And he just kind of hadn't done it before, but just went, yeah, I just sort of got into the groove. You know, you mm. kind of, you don't do too much damage from the 10, yet as you're backing off proportionally for the 25, it actually feels like one has got you ready for the other. As long as it's not too much travelling in between. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, these were quite close. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, a fourth tip maybe relating to kit. No pins. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, there's, there's the money. No. Um, uh, are, you quite a, are you quite a kit fiend? Are you quite a... I just do what people say. Are you quite into the kit? Because some people love it and some people just get on and use whatever they're told is good, bad or indifferent. What's your thoughts? Um, I do agree with like listening to what other people tell you what, what you should do mm. to make you go faster. But also I find you've got to be comfortable. Mm. Um, as in, I'm, I've been told that my helmet doesn't suit my style of riding, but I've tried other helmets and I've got a small head and they fall down and I find it really uncomfortable for my neck. Right. So therefore that's why I go for the helmet yeah. I do. Whether it, I losing, I'm losing watts because of that, mm. full comfort, I yeah. prefer to wear that than yeah. be in pain, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. So. 
Okay. So for, for a lot of people, it's pick things that still suit you, yeah. but maybe be open-minded, yeah. but, but it doesn't do it for you. You know, you've no. done the hard and training, it's, you've done the hard racing. And it's, 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 it's very individual. Although you can have kit that makes you faster, I mean, someone that sits further upright can just be just as fast as someone that's tucked yeah. right down. Yeah. I mean, just being, being as small as you can be doesn't always make you the fastest person because yeah. you might not be able to get your speed out and your yeah. power out yeah. in that position so it's it's playing with it i'm still learning really yeah. I don't what what have you found this year from that that one aspect of say position on the bike what have you found does or doesn't or could potentially in the future be something worth trying what things have you sort of dabbled with or or, or suddenly realized moving my bars so my arms are closer towards me right. instead of being so stretched out almost like superman okay, okay. um i noticed actually from like you say with the photos you look yeah. if you look through a lot of photos you see people where they're mm. stretching for their levers mm. and i found my handling at the beginning of the year if it was windy i was almost getting taken out by right. the front of the bike so you came back so move the bar back i think you did <laughs> <laughs> oh good at least you've kept it that way i thought you were going to say no i've changed it <laughs> I did. I did only tilt them up a little bit for the yeah. twelve hour, yeah. just to be a bit more comfortable, yeah. so I wasn't so yeah. so aero. Yeah. Um, so so work with your kit, but don't yeah. don't expect it to work. And for also, you. it depends what what distance you're doing, because mm. obviously for a twelve hour, you want to be comfortable, yeah. and you're not going to be in the same position you'd be in for a ten, because yeah. you just cannot hold that position yeah. for that amount of time. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. unless you're Superman. <laughs> or unless you've got such a relaxed 10 position that that just figures. But I know there is yeah. that thing about being higher, because you put out a lower percentage for 12 hours that you can somehow be lower and compromise your power, but you're lower for longer and that's going to cause more issues. So you just got to be comfy, whatever the distance. If yeah. it's 10 miles, you've got to be comfortable putting out a lot of power. Yeah. For 12 hours, you've got to be comfortable putting out power for a lot of time. I think that's the compromise. And of course, yeah. you've got a lot of things right. Um, what things did you get wrong? What things do you think you got this year sort of off and went, oops, got that one wrong? <laughs> um, I think I just need to, well, me personally, is I have quite an active job, yeah. is that if you've had a really busy week, mm. don't be down on yourself on mm. the weekend because you don't hit what you wanted. Right. Because um, I think people put too much pressure on themselves and they don't actually think about what they've yeah, done yeah. building up. I mean, you can do all the training, but if you've killed yourself at work all week, yeah. it's still not going to happen. And if you're not pro and therefore you can devote exactly. total time, yeah. chances are, I always think, the outside factors can make more difference. Particularly if the outside factors are not always within your total yeah. control. Some people have So I would say it's, listen, it's listening to your body and yeah. not ignoring it, really. Mm. I mean, when you, when you are tired, you are. Yeah. Yeah. And don't expect miracles at that no, point. No, that's it. And yeah. I think that's what I've learned from this year is that, you know, you've got to handle those moments. Roll with the punches. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, that with, with all the sports, with the people that listen, that are sportive riders, people that are triathletes, time trialists, um, it is actually that there's a plan and then there's something that actually might happen in your week that means that the plan of what you thought was going to come off may not happen. Yeah. I think one of the advantages of people that do, say, big events where they travel abroad is often they'll travel on the you know Tuesday, Wednesday, even, say, Thursday, 
even if they travel on Thursday, it often gives them two or three days of respite because they're somewhere else. While they might get some emails and some phone calls, they're not doing their normal pattern of work and travel. So they actually have a little bit of, wow, the three days before the race, I suddenly found I could relax and I was sleeping and blah, blah, blah. And I think that that's the thing to bear in mind is that if you've had, as you say, you know, a super active very very sort of not even stressful but sometimes just very demanding week yeah you've got to take that into account as to what you do as you approach your event mm-hmm. you might do very little you might just do stuff to, to to chill out and get rid of a bit of uh like um stress and get your head into it but actually if you're too tired you're too tired yeah yeah but still don't give in no no <laughs> because that can still be a race that gets you oh at least i didn't totally jack it in and not do it at all and if you only did the races where you thought everything leading up to it was perfect yeah you'd be um, well you wouldn't race at all you'd be, <laughs> you'd be dnsing you know t- just so many times yeah. um i don't know the stats but i looked at um different sport but still for a lot of people 12 hours or more iron man wales was last weekend yeah I think there was just over 2,000 people put their money down and entered. Uh, There was over, I looked at the stats, there was over, I'm sure it was something like 350 or 400 people that either DNS'd, so didn't get there, or didn't finish. Mm -hmm. And you think when they put their money in for the race, that's what they were going to do. They were going to pay their money. Um, Don't know off the top of the head what the entry fee is, but um, it's a lot more than time, Charles. Yeah. Lots of the European (laughs) ones are, you know, up in the £500 range. Yeah, and that's just I your think entry. I'd be turning up. <laughs> be turning up with crutches, just yeah. going. I am going to start. Don't hold me back. But there is that sense that when they entered, they weren't entering just to you know be charitable and give the Iron Man their no, three hundred and fifty, no. four hundred pounds. So they set that about, and even so, for what worked out to be something like you know a quarter of the people that entered, it didn't go to plan no. in terms of they didn't even get to the finish or in, in a probably a small percentage of that lot didn't get to the start. And then you've got to look at the people that actually do that event and didn't quite get the time they expected. And you think of all the training and, and ways people try to hit their goals, it's still often a goal that is, it's kind of in your best imagination what you think you might be able to do. Yeah. And yet often it, it is, with time trying, it's great because you get another crack at it the following Thursday or you know the next day or whatever. Whereas with the bigger events, sometimes people either pressurise themselves too much and won't hit the goals or they just have to see, well, the goal might be just to get round because if I get round, that's a positive for the next time. And I think each of the people that do these things have different ways of looking at it. But if it's a £6 time trial and you've got, you know, an absolute headache from... uh, uh, either the uh, the night before or a cold or being up stressed, you might go to the event and you might say, I'll throw six quid away, can't be bothered. But sometimes people enter races and I didn't feel too good, but I had a great race. Yeah. And that's where they could have thrown away the chance to do it. And I think if, a bit like what you said, if you can get to the start line and do it, just do it. Because when you put your money down or you said you wanted to do it, that was what was in your head at yeah. the time. And you well, I had that at a few of the national events. Okay. So you, I really wasn't feeling up for it right. on the actual day. Mm. But the results, actually, I wasn't as bad as I thought I was going to be. I was okay. quite surprised about okay. where was, I was. Was that, what, the 10 and 25 or...? Yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't, wasn't feeling very good for the 25. Okay. I think I was... I was too tired. I had it was a really, really awful travel up to the event the okay. day before. So I think that as well as the work. And what I did you get? What position? Out. I think I came eleventh. Right. 
Okay. I'm pretty sure it was 11th. And then the 50 was a disaster just because I didn't drink enough. Right. So I went a bit doolally. Doolally. <laughs> <laughs> so I've learned from that mistake. That's a mistake I've learned from is to yeah. always make sure you've got enough fluid. Yeah. And so you, the, so within the season, there's some, you know, there's some highs and lows. Yeah. And there's some lows. Yeah. And, and if, if at a low you jacked it in, you wouldn't have got the next high because you can never tell from the low point what might happen in your favour. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good five tips, by the way, because you come at it from a different point of view. Sometimes people have just five ways of just sort of saying, oh, do this, this and this, or train to this level, do this level. Um, So we'll have to uh, not do another one just based on the circuit champs and the hill climb, uh, (laughs) because we'll be be trying to stretch out from that um, what comes out from it. But we will, um, we'll keep a a track of it and Crocker and I will put them onto uh, when we talk about them next time. And he's taking a picture of us now, it's probably going to go onto the the Twitter sphere. Um, and uh, so brilliant I mean it's nice nice to get different input because Martin to be honest says the same old things every time so it's nice to have somebody that says nice things um, and, and is very good at the warts and all approach you know they're kind of like oh this was this wasn't you know this wasn't a great one but I did it and I got you know this position and to chip away at it really is everybody's way of improving is it's not going to come easy um, you have to just just grind away at it hopefully doing useful grinding not just like oh i did total waste of time i didn't go anywhere what was the point of that six months um a chap who this weekend is doing the double brutal which people online check what the double brutal triathlon is because it's it's humongous and you kind of read like what his strategy is for feeding and the different foods and the scrambled eggs and the and the porridge and the this this and this and think it's going to be going for hours and hours and hours you know they start on the saturday and they finish on the sunday and uh, it's a very 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 long event but you kind of realize that at that point they just get to a point of just mental grind of just this isn't just about fitness. Going. This yeah. is just about mentally, what have I got to draw upon to keep going? And yet that could be the same that somebody feels that runs 5Ks that says, oh, I always get that at 4K. And in their world, that's the same thing. It's just for some people, it's 15 hours into a, an event or it's 4K into a 5K. Everybody hits that adversity. And if you didn't ever approach that and push it, you'd never actually find where your limits are or that on a bad day it's not too bad but on a good day what you did on the bad day still helped you to get better yeah so what you've done in terms of doing that is still sent your pbs to higher levels got you on the podium for the 12 i think that's the other thing with time trialing though is mm. people get hung up with courses mm. you know the fast courses in in the southwest we do have some fast courses mm. i mean mm. they're not as fast as some where you yeah. go up country but you know it's all dependent on weather. Sometimes yeah. you can travel a long way, mm. you know, to try and get a fast time and it's pouring down with rain. The, the event could even be cancelled. Yeah. And I think people look at that too much rather mm. than it's the weather on that day. You're yeah. racing yeah. that you're day. Racing. You're racing you're you racing, and the yeah. people. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's whoever races on that day. It's mm. not you're just racing a time. Mm. So yeah. you've got to Cause otherwise take that you're, into consideration. You're... 5504 on the R253L yeah. yeah. or 3H, whichever one it is. That, that can be a, a real difficulty to ignore on slower courses where you know you can't get that time. No. And therefore, you know you're taking longer than your PB. But that's fine if you're just racing saying it's the S12, it's the whatever, that you're racing for what you imagine to be, oh, that might be just over the hour or it might be a you know a sporting one and it's a bit more but if 
people totally think about their PB and it's on one of these clearly fast courses, that can almost be something where they have to keep going back to that course then. Yeah. Because they're not, they've they well, stopped being a racer. Well, people going up to, is it the, the 10 in Hull? Hull, the, the That V7, I hear about. Yeah. Everyone says, oh, you've got to go and do a 10 up yeah, there. I mean, yeah. 10's an event I hate anyway. <laughs> but, but you just, you yeah. just go, it's a hell of a long way to go just for the yeah. time. That's yeah. all you're going there for. Yeah. Yeah. And if the weather's bad and you you don't hit that time that you wanted, you yeah. know, what was the point in that? Yeah. Well, you've got to Hull, so there's yeah. plenty of things in Hull to do. Um, but it's yeah, it is that it is that uh, that chasing of the fast courses. Yeah. That um, it's sometimes some... I think it's better to get your PB on a course that you've done in mm. the past, mm. and you get get it on a say a local. Um, time trial mm. and you beat your course record mm. means more than yeah. doing your yeah. your PB because you've beaten your time yeah. on that yeah. slow course. Yeah, you, that's it. Yeah, you so you've got there are different ones. I think of kind of you know you've got seasonal best, you've got course PBs, yeah. you've got kind of all time PBs, um, and then for like the veterans, you've got their on standard where they start then racing against a comparable what they should be able to do for their age. Because if you have a very quick time done. You know, five years ago on a on a, um, a, a an exceptional course, which sometimes gets shut down and you can never go back to. Yeah. Then what do you do? And I think if you if you've got these different ways of looking at it, particularly if you've got a local time trial, which you can do, um, that's harder to perfect because you've done it so many times. Yeah. But it's more rewarding that you can actually reduce the travel, do it regularly, almost try things differently because you go on to it different times on a regular basis. You can actually try different strategies. Whereas if you just have that one time that's hanging over you, yeah. then you've got to, again, go to a fast course or lo and behold, there's an even faster one that drops downhill even more exactly. that then everyone else goes to. It's always been the thing with, you know, there's been various courses. There was one um, towards uh, Andover in the south west we'll call it south on the uh, a303 right. and that was always a, a fast course and um, eventually traffic lights appeared and that course was right. gone and suddenly people's like fast course was was just a, oh it's not there anymore yeah so then they have to start thinking and there was another one and the, it's sort of the 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 magnetic pool of these courses varies depending on whether somebody actually just wants to race as fast as possible with as much traffic and with as big a drop or whether they say i just want to race people yeah. and see what it's like to race you know on that day given those conditions because that way if you get to one of those um, faster courses if you've done enough racing you'll be going well anyway yeah whereas if you put the bet on driving up to hull and the the fog comes down and it's raining and they call it off then you're yeah. like Oh great! Yeah. Better go back in the car and drive back just home. Ten then. hours. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do good, good mileage in the car, but not very good mileage on the bike. This has been brilliant. We're going to do this at some point okay. um, again, uh, maybe after the um, the champions meal or something different. Whereby yeah, I you've think got... that's in. I think it's quite a long way yeah. to the meal. Yeah, it's in uh, New Year. So um, yeah, yeah. Um, it's been good to get some insights into time trialing, particularly from um, a medalist. A 12-hour medalist. And yet again, that number was 243.81. Yeah. You're gonna have that, is that going to be tattooed down the inside of your arm? <laughs> no, because no, I'm no, going to beat it you, next year. Yeah, yeah, we just have to keep crossing it off. <laughs> going to the tattooist. Can you cross that off, please? I've just done another eight miles. Um, and do you know where that puts you in terms of the overall 12-hour rankings? No, no. I don't. But no. I have a feeling the record is... 
277. Okay. I think. Okay. I don't I don't know off the top of no, my head. But I have a feeling it's somewhere around there. Right. There is um on the I think it's timetrialingforum.co.uk somebody keeps this updated list of all right, the fastest okay. times of which that's why I knew you were around 25th because I checked on theirs and obviously um who had just done the second fastest ever? Same weekend, you got Hayley. second, Haley, yeah. because you got second and was in uh, Cycling Weekly. You yeah. were mentioned, uh, as was she, um, and so she pushed everyone down, down one. But you jumped in ahead of where you were before by what forty odd seconds you improved yeah. this year. Yeah, so kind of she pushed everyone down, but you jumped past about three or four people, um, and that's quite interesting because you've got rides from uh, Yvonne McGregor and other people, you know. 20 years ago but also you've got this idea that people are still chasing certain like areas of where they'd like to be and then you see some of the very old times you think wow that took some doing because yeah. that wasn't on you know all singing all dancing aero wheels and no. and you know lycra skin suits and your lovely spangly trip socks and everything you know yeah. it was done you know on equipment that would be quite surprising to have a go at seeing what it would be like to ride one of those these one days. One day I'd like to try that as to well. To try like an old bike. Yeah, yeah try an old school bike. Do the 12-hour on the old, old school. school. Yeah, that'd be quite good actually. Probably drinking milk, <laughs> whatever they had. <laughs> whatever they had. Rice pudding has been... I, I heard about rice pudding donkeys years ago because it was, you know, it was carbohydrate, it was a bit of protein, um, and they could have it hot or cold depending on what they wanted. So yeah. that was always... I remember somebody saying about... I knew a guy when I was a, when I was a kid... Um, a chap who I used to do a paper round and he used to have a, a rally racing bike yeah. outside on the doorstep as I put it. and that was that was the, the dream bike and it was a guy called Nick Safin he may well be listening I know he has done time trialling uh, certainly in the past few years and he told me about how they used to use cups of rice yeah. and then some people started having it as rice pudding but yeah literally they'd ride through and grab it yeah. and that was before well, energy Chris drinks Chris eats rice doesn't he once he's finished a race yeah, he yeah. Always oh, rice, rice. Is, rice is one of the best carb sources for a lot of people but in, in racing terms when you're racing for 12 or 24 hours lots of people grab it at gels and bars and I get why they might but rice is actually quite a good one and rice pudding blimey I mean I could go a very long way on rice pudding I love yeah. it well Some those people, little pots oh those little ending. pots with the little with the little things I'm thinking of just a whole can you know <laughs> I, I, I can eat a whole can of rice pudding no problems just no, it's lovely um, so we found the fuel of champions yeah. it's rice pudding rice in pudding. mini pots <laughs> brilliant so thank you very much um, for your time That's okay. and um, good luck for the circuit champs uh, the hill climb and do you know when you're going to draw a line under it and say that's it the hill climb will be my last one but i think i've right. got four four or five races left okay okay and then hill climb is the end the, the end i've got two the hill end. climbs this weekend but that is the end hill climb right hopefully <laughs> so thank you very much crystal uh thank you again people for listening we appreciate your reviews at uh itunes so if you haven't already done it please put your reviews in contact us via coachjobeer.com or via the twitter feed which is at coachjobeer and also um facebook.com slash coachjobeer so thank you for listening remember train smart and have fun <laughs>